finally today uh, get to uh, finish our uh, series on the seven dimensions of a spirit-filled disciple and uh, uh, bring that to a conclusion. I, uh, I wanted to just uh, remember uh, all of the seven uh, dimensions that we live out every day. It's not a step-by-step process, but but one of integrating each of these elements into our daily lives as, as we just live as Christians, just live as believers. Uh, Spirit-filled uh, disciple is engaged with the Bible, okay? Now, all of these things that we mentioned and have spoken on, uh, they, they're just, they're, they're not something clever that somebody invented to, you know, have a sermon series out of. Uh, that's not it at all. These are things that just are lifted out of Scripture. In fact, in the book of Acts, you can see every single one of these dimensions of a spirit-filled believer uh, functioning in the lives of, of the early Christians. And so we want to emulate that. We want to adopt that. One of the first things that we see is that, is that they are engaged with the Word of God. If you remember in Acts chapter 6, uh, the uh, the leaders uh, said, you know what, uh, we're, we're too busy serving tables here, but we want to devote ourselves to prayer and the word of God. Uh, so they assigned others to carry out those tasks and while they focused on prayer and the word of God. So a, a spirit-filled disciple is engaged with the word of God, reading the Bible. Um, I, I guarantee you, if, if you read your Bible uh, you know, as close to daily as you can get, um, it will do more for me, more for you than than all the sermons you'll hear in a year. Uh, the Word of God, when it when it rests in you, when it's part of you, uh, it it does so much more than it being handed back to you in a secondhand fashion. Um, but uh, not that preaching's bad or ineffective, but. But uh, reading your Bible, there's no substitute for it. And then, and then engagement with the Holy Spirit, to be spirit-baptized, to, to uh, receive that gift of, of tongues that uh, the, the Lord gives each and every one of us uh, opportunity to access, to enhance our prayer life, our devotional life, and our, our walk with Him. So a uh, spirit-filled uh, disciple is engaged with the Holy Spirit. And then, and then we're on mission. We're on mission daily, no matter where we go. You know, it's, it is not something that comes natural to most of us, but to work in a spiritual content to every conversation uh, of your day is, is a goal. How do we stay on mission? Well, we talk about the mission. Uh, talk about your relationship with Jesus. Uh, to ask if somebody else is engaged with, with Jesus in their lives and and, uh, and that's part of staying on mission, is turn our, our lives and our witness into a daily experience of talking about Jesus. And then there's prayer. Um, again, you know, we see all of this throughout, uh, you know, the book of Acts especially, but throughout the New Testament, is that the believers gather for prayer. And some incredible things happen when they not only gather in prayer, but but uh, in their own prayer life. And, and uh, a, a spirit-filled disciple uh, is engaged in prayer as well. And then worship, you know, and, and we love worship, but, you know, worship is more than a once-a-week experience. It's not that we come to church to worship. 
every day is a worship experience. Now, it can use, you can use music. You can, you can worship on your own. You can worship, you know, I, I hear it so much uh, in Alaska, people love to go outdoors and worship God, and that's certainly appropriate, and as well as, you know, we worship corporately when we do come together on Sunday. And so worship is something that, that we incorporate into our everyday lives. And then service, uh, a spirit-filled disciple uh, serves in some capacity, uh, serves others, and, uh, you know, exercises the gifts and callings that God had placed in our own lives to enhance and to help the lives of other people and uh, you know one of the one of the things that I think are especially important is passing our faith on to the next generation one of the one of the most important things that we do here at New Life Assembly of God it's I've always felt this way is is teaching children young people adults how to have a relationship with God and uh, we do that in serving that need especially but there are many other needs that that we can uh, serve as well. And then today we're coming down to the seventh dimension that we've been talking about, and that's the subject of giving. So I want to start in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. Um, and this is Paul writing to, to the, uh, the Philippian believers. He says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, if you ever face a time of uncertainty in your life, you know, maybe financial uncertainty in your, in your life, hold this verse dear to you, okay? Because he will supply all of your need. And what's the guarantee? It's not, it's not MasterCard. It's not Visa, right? He will supply all of your need according to what? His riches. His riches. Now, who owns everything? Not not Donald Trump, right? Not Jeff Bezos, <laughs> not Elon Musk. They own a lot, but you know who even owns what they own? Is, is God. <laughs> and that is who is guaranteeing this promise. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So understand that, that God wants to supply our every need. Um, it's my thinking and, and our understanding of certain words like, you know, when we use like giving or generosity and, you know, even prosperity, words like that. Uh, they've been considerably narrowed, I think, through common usage and maybe through some, some abuse uh, to, that those words only mean one thing. When we talk about giving, we think money. When we think about generosity, we think money. Uh, when we th think about prosperity, we think money. And let me say this, is money is part of it. I, I'm not shying away from that, and I'm not downplaying that. Money is important to our lives. But it's not the entire picture of what uh, prosperity or generosity or any of those things look like. It's, it's a slice of the pie, if you will. Um, there has been abuse around the subject of money and giving and church, you know, some preachers that have crassly proclaimed that God wants you to be rich. You know, and I asked what the, I asked the question, well, what is, what is rich? What is rich? I define rich for me. Um, you know, to some people, how, I'm just, I already know it. How many own more than one pair of shoes? Probably everybody in this room, right? 
you own more than one pair of shoes. That puts you in a rich uh, category of over most of the people on the planet. Some people are lucky to own one pair of shoes. Okay? Having two pairs of shoes never occurs to them. But, you know, we not only have more than one pair of shoes, we got boots, we got, you know, every kind of footwear, we got sandals, we have, you know, the right color to match the right outfit, all that kind of stuff. So what is rich? It's, it's very much a, a comparative uh, thing. And, uh, you know, if somebody has more money than we do, that's kind of the way we think of rich. I mean, somebody being rich is, well, they have more stuff or more money or whatever than I do. Um, well, that, that, that may be true that there are people out there, and that's great. Uh, you know, they have whatever they have, hopefully by good hard work and, and all of that. Um, but you know what? You have more than others. And so really, what, what does it mean to be rich? Uh, I'll, we'll explore that a little bit before we get into this whole subject of, of uh, giving and, and generosity. I do believe that God wants you to prosper, okay? I do believe that. You can't read your Bible uh, without that word coming up all of the time. Uh, you know, my life verse or my life passage that, uh, that I, you know, have had for many years is, is Psalm 1. And, and there's, a, there's a great verse, you know, in verse 3, I think it is. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. And that's throughout Scripture. God wants us to prosper. Uh, the... the, the question is, what does it mean to prosper? We should define those things. Uh, and I believe that prospering is different than just being rich or just having a lot of money. I think there are a lot of people that have, you know, a fair, a fair amount of money, maybe a lot of money, that are not prospering, okay? And, uh, and I believe that God wants us to prosper, and I think part of what that looks like is being generous with whatever we have uh, to offer to help and to minister to other people people. And uh, when, he want, when we talk about generosity, it's not just about giving money, although it can and does uh, include that, but God wants us to have a generous spirit. And uh, God wants us to be generous people. You know, I have, I have no problem with money. I, I believe money's neutral. You know, you can do good things with money and you can do things that are not good with money. And uh, money in and of itself is, is not good or bad. The issue is what we do with it. Um, you know, the Bible does say that the love of money is the root of all evil, but not money itself. It doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of it. So our response to things like money, I think, are important in living a life of generosity, living a life where we are, feel um, joyful, to, to give. Um, the issue, again, being what we do with the resources that God places in our control, I think, is, is the abundance. I also think that the abundance or scarcity of money depends on how we use it. And I believe this is that when we are generous uh, stewards, I think that God rewards that. Now, I have it in my notes here, but I think it's around Proverbs 11, maybe verse 25, is that the generous soul will be made rich, okay? Um, that's, that's the word of God. Like I said, you, you can't read your Bible without running into all of this uh, theme. And, and, you know, God wants us to, to live in abundance. What did uh, 
Jesus tell us, I've come that they might have life and they might have it more, what? Abundantly, yeah. They might live life to the full. And, uh, and I think part of that is um, how we handle our money um, and, and our response towards the, the subject of, of giving. Um, let me say this, what does it mean to prosper? What does it mean to be rich? Well, I don't think it's money. I don't think money is, is the entire picture, but here's, here's what we are looking for is contentment. Okay, you know, you can, you can always be, you know, desperate for more money or, or, you know, clawing and scratching, trying to, you know, accumulate more of it. You know, the, the idea is to be content. Uh, godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. That's what the Word of God says. And it's not when we reach a certain income level. It's not, you know, when we, when we have a, a certain amount of goods or material things, although there's nothing wrong with goods or material things, that's not the measure of prospering. The measure of prospering is, is contentment and, uh, and, and a generous spirit. Um, so because of the narrow perspectives and concepts of generosity or prosperity, um, you know, we, we kind of get we jump to a defensive position oftentimes and and i and i feel the tension as a preacher you know talking about giving people just kind of get their their hand on their wallet you know it's like oh boy he's gonna ask us for money today you know um that's that's not our point at all um in fact it, paul is addressing this this very sort of tension with the philippian believers uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 17, he says this, and, and he's encouraging them to be generous in giving because of the need he's gathering an offering to take to the saints in Jerusalem to meet their needs. Great persecution is going on in Jerusalem, and, uh, and they're in poverty. They are impoverished, and, and uh, you know, basic necessities are not being met. And so Paul is gathering an offering to take with him uh, to Jerusalem where he plans to go. And, and here he says in, in Philippians 4.17, he says, it's not that I'm seeking your gift. That, that's, that's beside the point. I'm not seeking how much I can take from you. I'm not seeking how much uh, money I can extract from you. That's, that's not the point. But I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. You know, there's something that is good happens in your life when we turn to an abundance mindset, when we turn to a, a mindset that, uh, where generosity can flow um, that improves our lives as well as some of the good things that, that we give towards. So um, what Paul is teaching us here is that giving, generosity is the key to finding abundance, fruitfulness, and contentment. Uh, giving operates from an abundance mentality and a scarcity mindset will will keep us from giving. Jesus himself said this, verse, or Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. He said this, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. There's a spiritual principles involved here. And, and a spirit-filled disciple of Jesus 
uh, operates in an abundance mentality, in an abundant life spirit, and it flows out of that. Um, you know, the idea that uh, contentment, you know, includes the idea of being generous and, and giving in, in some capacity of, of your life. You know, it always feels like if, well, if I give, you know, something uh, to someone, that means more for them and less for me. But not according to the word of God, okay? Didn't Jesus just say, here, give, and it will be, what, taken from you? That's not what he said, right? Given it will be given to you. It's an exchange. You know, we become the conduits of God's blessing. And, and uh, what flows through us to others, God supplies our need as well. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the, oh, the, the difficulty, uh, the person uh, that uh, finds himself clinging to a little branch off the side of a cliff. And he's dangling over space, right? And uh, he's hanging on for dear life. All he's got is this little branch and he begins to call out to God, God, help me, I'm in a desperate situation. This is life or death. And God answers him, hanging there on the side of the cliff, clinging to a little branch. And he says, this, this is God, how can I help you? And he says, well, obviously I'm in a terrible predicament here. Get me off the side of this cliff. And he says, do you love me? Yes, I love you, God. Do you trust me? Yes, I do. Then let go of the branch. And the man clinging to the branch says, is anybody else out there? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, we think we trust God when, when maybe we don't trust him as much as we think we do or think we would like to trust him. Sometimes the answer that God gives us seems completely opposite of the answer that we think is necessary. Now, I'm going to use, you know, the word generosity and prosperity and all of that. But I, I, I want it to encompass a broader understanding of what we intend with, with these words. And it's not just about money. Um, our, our seventh value is, is generosity, giving. And uh, generosity is a tree of life principle. Generosity is, comes from an abundance mentality. Uh, generosity really believes what the Bible says about God and his generosity towards us. I think that's really important. If I were to take a survey today, uh, I, I would imagine we would score near 100% of people who say, yes, I believe God and I believe the Bible. And we say, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe the Bible. But do we really believe the Bible? Do we believe these verses that God says, you know, give and it will be given unto you? Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God has an abundant life for us? Then if we do, then we need to explore this area of our lives. You know, there's, there's joy in living a, a generous life. Uh, the people that I think of in my life who've been generous with me in, in lots of ways, they live happier, more joy-filled lives. And uh, it, it's, it's uh, something that happens to us spiritually inside. You know, generosity gives life. It increases life. It, it is optimistic and it's full of faith. It thinks abundance. Generosity to believe that God really is a good God. He actually is a good God, okay? We really believe that about him and his nature. 
um, that he really is in control and in charge and everything belongs to him. And uh, that at the end of the day, God will make the outcome of any situation something good. Do you believe that about God? Do you believe that God means what he says when he tells us in his word these, these principles about giving and generosity and prosperity and all of these? Do we really believe these? I think, I think the, the more that we can embrace and adopt what the word of God tells us in these areas, especially concerning things like money, um, that we're going to see breakthroughs in our lives like, like we've never seen before. Forgiveness is a great example of being generous. I think it's important that we know people who are generous with forgiveness because <clears throat> I'll, I'll speak for myself. I offend often, okay? If you haven't known me very long, uh, that's one of the things you're going to find out about me. I will offend you sooner or later, okay? Um, and somebody who is incredibly generous forgives. I think the ability to forgive tells you a lot about our orientation towards generosity and giving. Forgiveness is not usually a money issue. It's usually an offense or something that, that uh, we pick up uh, somewhere in some way. But I think that's an incredible example of what generosity and giving is all about when we can forgive others. That's, a, that's an abundance mindset. That's an abundance uh, spirit that, uh, that God came uh, to give us. Now, individuals like us and then in turn churches can say that they believe these things but fail to live them out. And failure to live this out is evidence that we are living in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we live in the grip of fear and unforgiveness and a scarcity mindset. Uh, and, and the fear is that there won't be enough. There won't be enough for me. And, and that's a scarcity mindset. There's, there's a lack of belief that, that the Bible really means that God will take care of our needs and that God will help you to prosper. I want to I stand here today and, and, and say that when you believe God, what he says about his word, what he says about how we are to handle money, when we are pursuing the tree of life, when we are pursuing generosity and abundance in our own mind, in our own spirit. Um, God works in, in that kind of, of life. Um, on, the, on the other side, you know, if we're living in a scarcity mindset, there's never enough. Every time we accumulate a little extra, it gets, it gets taken away from us. You know, there's, we can live with this sort of covetousness that envies what other people have. Uh, you know, many years ago, I, I came to this realization in my own life. Somebody would get something really nice, and I would just kind of envy that and just think, well, that never happens to me. You know, or, you know, it's like, why does it happen to them? It never happens to me. And, and uh, you know, just kind of covetous, envious of those kinds of things. And, and, and the Lord just identified that in my own spirit. And it says, Steve, you have to change that you have to change your orientation to, you know, the way you view other people receiving blessings or, or uh, uh, things that, um, you know, I wish I had or, or whatever. And, uh, and God challenged me on that. And I began to consciously reverse my orientation towards that and begin to be happy for, you know, God blessing somebody else. 
and uh, you know that uh, maybe they got a, a raise or a promotion, or maybe they bought a new home or a new vehicle or something like that, and and just being genuinely happy for them, not genuinely happy for them so that I would get that. That's that's not the point. Just be genuinely happy for for them, and uh, you know that's a that's a form of generosity, I think, is that when we're happy for somebody else's blessing. And, uh, and that's, a, that's an abundant mindset because they have whatever, you know, maybe something that we would enjoy or think we would, uh, does not mean that there's less for us. We can go out and pursue the same uh, thing and uh, maybe at some point receive it. Um, but, you know, being envious or covetous of somebody else having what we have doesn't add to that. We live in a, in a world that uh, God can use anything and everything to supply our need according to his riches in glory. Jesus teaches us this. Matthew chapter 6, and verse 31. He says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? That's a question I have to ask myself. All these things shall be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So ask yourself, what kind of world do we want to live in? Uh, a world of scarcity or a world of abundance? And, you know, there are people who are living today, right now, perhaps some of you, are living in a world of abundance. And, you know, God has, is meeting your need, and, and you have enough to share with others, and and uh, you live out of, you know, the, the life of, uh, you know, abundance and, and forgiveness is not hard for you uh, because you, re you realize that God has forgiven us. God has given us forgiveness, so we have forgiveness to give to others. And, and it never runs out. Or perhaps you feel a scarcity in, and, uh, and um, it feels like, you know, you're never going to break through to that to that whole idea of prosperity or, or living uh, in generosity. We, we can choose selfishness or we can choose generosity and, and uh, God can enable us to live in that tree of life, abundant mentality. So uh, a couple of points here as we wrap this up is um, generosity is other person centered. If we're gonna be generous, it has to have a target, all right? Um, it has to be other person. Maybe that person that we know that we have not for, truly forgiven. Um, you know, that's something that, that we can uh, address and begin to let those things go. Um, you know, we all fight the tension between selfishness and generosity. And when we give into being generous, you know, we see other people's needs as, as important. And when we respond to those needs, I want to say to be generous is, is not to be, you know, uh, wasteful or or prodigal or whatever with our resources but but let it reflect the nature of God how has God worked in your life and how can we reciprocate what God has done for us with the lives and people around us remember 
generosity is other person centered. Romans 5.8 uh, really speaks to this. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that incredible? Think that thought? <laughs> before we even knew God, before we even wanted God, before we even uh, experienced God in any way, he died for us. He, he was first. And what did he die for? Our forgiveness. God made it possible. While we were still sinners, we experienced his generosity. He, he gave it to us. Before we could, if you will, clean ourselves up, he gave us everything. Generosity makes the first move. Generosity doesn't wait for somebody to move towards us first. Being other person-centered is always looking for the one who is outside and offers them a way inside. So generosity is other person-centered. Number two, generosity is full of faith. A person who is generous demonstrates faith in an abundant, kind, loving, good, and generous God. That's what we are demonstrating when we are generous with the world around us. We're demonstrating the nature of God to the world. Faith is expressed when I may not know how my needs may be met. But I do know that I can share with you. I can be generous with God and God will supply all my needs. The generous person really believes the Bible and all of God's promises are true. And, and I could just think of many, you know, give and it shall be given to you. We covered that. Uh, it is more blessed to receive than to give, right? Okay, all right. You guys have been reading your Bibles, right? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that? I will pour out for you such a blessing. The generous soul will be made rich. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. I mean, we could go on and on and on through Scripture talking about God's uh, disposition towards us. We serve a generous God. Generosity operates by trusting God's true understanding of how the blessings of God follow those reciprocate what God has done in their own lives. Finally, number three, generosity looks for opportunities to serve. As I opened this message, I offered that, that generosity was more than just money. money. Money can be a part of generosity, but money isn't what is necessarily needed. You know, when we're, when we're generous with kind and encouraging words, you can, you can make a difference in somebody's life. My wife was, was telling me just this week there were two instances where, where two different people on the same day uh, offered such kind and encouraging words to her. And uh, just, it just lifted her. It just made such a difference. You know, that's, that's incredibly generous. That's incredibly generous to, to think of somebody and, and to offer kind and encouraging words to them. A generous person uh, realizes this, is that time is more valuable than money. And when I can give you some of my time, I'm being generous with you in, in an incredible way. You know, money, you know, I can give you whatever, and move on and spend no time. Time is the more valuable of the two. You know, relationship is an incredibly generous gift to have a relationship with other people. And when we seek someone out and we develop a relationship with them, we're being incredibly 
generous. The enrichment of our lives through relationship is beyond what money can do for us alone. The gift of time, time to listen, time to care, time to pray with, time to counsel, share a spiritual gift with somebody is an incredibly generous gift. So to ask you to be generous and, and, and this idea of being a spirit-filled disciple, we live the lives of generosity. We cannot be out like Jesus without being generous. Jesus was generous everywhere he went. When we're generous, we imitate the generosity of God himself. So as we close today, um, I want you to just maybe bow your head and uh, let's just take a moment to assess our own heart, our own spirit today. Jesus, when you said that you came to teach us to live an abundant life, Lord, that just sounds so attractive. Lord, to be generous with what we have. Lord, we have some money perhaps, but Lord, we have some time to give. Lord, we have the ability to encourage. Lord, we have the ability to forgive. And Lord, I pray that we would examine what the abundant life is all about in light of these things. Lord, we want to be spirit-filled disciples of Jesus. Lord, when we volunteer our time, volunteer our service, Lord, when we pray for somebody. Lord, when we encourage them. Lord, we are demonstrating the generosity that comes from heaven above. And Lord, sometimes we have the opportunity, Lord, to invest our financial resources into someone else. And Lord, whatever that is, Lord, you give us the ability to do so demonstrate that same generosity. And so, Lord, today, as we allow the Holy Spirit access to our thoughts and attitudes and mind and our heart, Lord, speak to us about living abundantly. Lord, show us a different way, Lord, where we don't live in covetousness or envy or jealousy, where all those things come from Satan himself. But, Lord, we want to live in the tree of life. We want to live the abundant life. We want to live the life that gives and not takes. So Lord, each and every day, we think of ways to live for you, Lord. I pray that this would open up new areas of our life. Lord, that we can consciously think of ways that we can be generous to the people around us by meeting their needs, Lord, it's other persons. And Lord, you're going to supply everything that we need for that to happen. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.